Hi, Ron here and welcome. We love that you've come to join us here and listen to a lot of our episodes. Please help us continue with this by supporting us through either joining the Barack Center at thebarackcenter.com or joining us at the Fringe Church at thefringechurch.com and sharing and donating through those sources. And once again, thank you for joining us today. Hi, it's Ron here from the Fringe. I have to apologize. I've been a little bit slack. Uh, normally, of a Sunday, I'll go, you know, live or I'll let you know the message we had and how it went on Sunday at Redcliffe at Fringe. Um, so I've been a bit slack, but better late than never, I guess. Um, so I want to go through the message we had, um, and we'll go from there. Hey, we'll have a bit of a chat about it. It was really good. Um, I think a lot of guys really got something out of it. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. So well, what we looked at and what we spoke about was uh, how to find hope and how to have hope when you're at your lowest point. You know, not a hope that is based on logic, not a hope that is, um, I can see my way out of this situation. If everything falls together in the right way, this is going to be okay. I have hope like that. No. Hope which is non-logical. Hope which comes from a relationship with God and uh, an intimate connection with the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit in your time of need. Now, a lot of Christians, I believe, when they're, they're in crisis or they're in these times of devastation and darkness, we, we forget about the Holy Spirit. Um, I like to think of it as, you know, actors tend to have this thing where they put up, they, they call it the fourth wall, where they pretend there's a wall between them and the audience to to comfort them and help them get through to perform better. Uh, a lot of the time, I think we tend to do that. We put up this fourth wall between us and the Holy Spirit when we're in times of crisis or we're going through dark times. And we, we find ourselves short and we find ourselves unable to find that hope uh, and that courage it takes to turn to God in those times if we've put this fourth wall up between ourselves and the Holy Spirit. One of the things one of the guys we spoke about was uh, bushfires. When we talk about finding hope, you see a bushfire come through, and I don't know, I, I have, I don't know if anyone else has, but gone for a walk through an area which has had a bushfire tear through it, you know, a week after or so. It's amazing to see how many green sprouts and little bits of growth there are which are coming up all over the place. Um, and that is hope. New life coming out of this devastation, out of this horrific thing which was happened. It's incredible to go through and find hope after something like that. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, um, a bushfire, and particularly in Australia, can cost lots of lives and can be horrific. And I, I'm not selling that short. You know, um, horrific and horrible things happen. It doesn't uh, change that. But there is hope to be found, and it's easier to go through these situations if we can find that hope. But the hope doesn't change the cost. But I can guarantee. If you've got that hope and that relationship, you will never be alone. So the, the, the main passage we looked at was Psalm 46, and that was our inspiration behind the meeting. So let's get into it, and let's read the psalm. Psalm 46. God is our refuge 
and our strength. An ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surges, there is a river whose stream makes glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolation he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Sometimes there is a heavy cost to the things we experience and the things we go through life. But God is with you. There is hope always there. And just because you don't see what God is doing doesn't mean he's not there doing it. And that's where our faith comes in and our hope comes in. You know, one of the guys at Fringe told a story about his parents where he was getting picked on and bullied as a, a young child. Um, and he told his parents and they seemed to do nothing about it. And he was very frustrated and angry at his parents for, for what little they did or how they didn't take him seriously enough. But the bullying stopped and much later in life when he spoke to his parents he found out that his parents had gone and spoken to the parents of the kid who was bullying them and spoke to the bully and had a conversation about what was going on and had put a stop to it but yet the guy telling the story was completely unaware of what his parents had done how much more will God be doing Although we may not see it, we need to have trust and have faith that he is in the mix in our worst and darkest times, helping us. The thing which gets in the way is us. The thing which is the problem is us. We get it wrong. We mess up. And if we don't know and trust God, we can push him away in our time of need, when we need him the most. Like a wounded animal. I don't know about you, but if... If you've ever come across and tried to help a wounded dog or a wounded animal uh, who's been clipped by a car or something on the road, and you go to help them, they don't understand what's going on. They, they don't understand you're trying to help them. All they know is this pain they're in and the suffering they're going through in the darkest times. And they fight with everything they've got. The dog will bite you, whatever it is, will fight, will give you everything, although you're trying to help it. 
And we can do that with God. Don't be like a wounded dog in the time of need when you're you're struggling, when you're in this desolation, when you're in the darkest place. God is there trying to help you. Don't act like that. We need to stay focused, stay calm, and look to God and have hope and faith because he is there. Because if you act like the wounded dog and bite God and push him away, he will respect your decision. He will step back. Look at uh, Luke 13, 34 to 35 is a perfect example of this. All right, so I'll read that to you. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Don't act like the wounded dog, because God will respect your choices when you push him away in your time of need. Find hope. Sometimes it takes looking at them things from the bigger picture. Or like the bushfire. Take your time and look closely. You will find hope in these desolate times, in these problems. There is always hope there. And if you're strong enough and you're willing enough, find a purpose in your pain. There's one there. We're told that God uses everything for good. No matter how bad or what happens, He will use whatever it is we're going through ultimately for good. Find purpose in your pain. Hard to do. And the other thing I'd suggest is be honest with God when you pray. You know, don't don't give these half-hard little prayers. Oh, God, please help me. You know, be honest. He knows anyway. You're not going to shock him. You're not going to surprise him. Give it to him. He knows what's going on. Just let it rip. Pray like David. A great example of this is Psalm 13. So, Psalm 13 says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Every day? Have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemies triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemies will say... I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Honest. Be angry. It's okay. Let it out there. But like David, this psalm, this prayer, it changes. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. I think we can all learn to pray a little bit more like David. Be honest. 
It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to have that heartache. God knows. Be honest with him. Have that conversation and let it out. Emotions and all. God's big enough to take it. Don't be afraid of that. Have those honest prayers. Nothing shocks God. Get real with God and get real with where you are and what you're going through. And don't forget, sometimes we are just too close to see what is really going on. You know, there's an example I like to use. Um, Mother Teresa once said that whatever the worst thing you can possibly imagine is on earth, the worst thing which can possibly happen to you will be nothing but like one night in an inconvenient motel. When it comes to that eternity perspective, Whatever it is we're going through, those hard times, and when you're in it, it's hard to see, will be a blick in the time of eternity and the space we get. It's hard to keep in focus when you're in those dark times. So try and have the mentality that you've, you make that call every day to have an eternity perspective on your life before you get into those hard times before everything goes to custard have that embedded in your mind now it was a hard message there was a lot of stories about people finding hope in dark situations finding hope in prison cells finding hope when everything went to custard and there were some horrific stories but I think I'm gonna sum this up and finish this off with a little tale so a tale of three stonecutters. You may have heard this before, it's quite common. And and you're getting the Ron version of it. So there you go. But there was a guy walking along through through this quarry, through this this area, and he come across one stonecutter and he goes, Hey mate, how you doing? You know, what are you doing here? He goes, Oh, I'm cutting stone, the same thing I do every day, just cutting stone, cutting stone. Alright? Miserable kind of guy and uh, keeps walking on through the quarry comes upon the second stone cutter and the second stone cutter's there and he's like hey mate how you doing how's your day going and he's oh yeah not too bad you know i'm i'm cutting stone this is what i do every day you know i make sure the edges are straight and the corners are square and you know i, I really cut some of the best stone so oh not bad and he keeps walking and he comes across this third guy and the third guy's whistling and singing as he, as he works. And uh, he pulls up and stops him and says, Hey, buddy, you're in a great mood. What's going on here? What are you up to? He goes, Oh, wow. I have got the privilege. I am building a cathedral. This is an amazing opportunity. I am building a cathedral. And he's sitting there cutting stone just like the two guys before him but with the mindset that I am building a cathedral. He has the mindset of zooming out and looking at things from that eternity perspective. Not just what he's doing right there and now, but what that is going to be a part of. Because we are all building a cathedral. We are all building the church of God. What greater honor or privilege could we have than being asked to do that? So take that perspective. 
people? Yeah, no, these three guys who are cutting stone. In the grand scheme of things, the time it took to build a cathedral, they would never see the finished product. They would never, probably never see the beauty of the finished cathedral. But the one guy who's whistling and singing and enjoying his life is so proud to be a part of building that cathedral. Although he's, you know, like the first guy, got the doldrums of doing the same thing day in, day out, just cutting stone. His mind is on the eternity perspective, building that cathedral. So the one thing I want to leave you with is get the mindset of a cathedral builder, not a stone cutter. And no matter how dark or how miserable the things you go through in life, if you've got that mindset first, you will whistle Dixie while suffering through it. Be a stonecutter. Be a cathedral builder. Amen. Talk again soon. Thanks for that. Thank you for listening to another episode. And please, don't forget to sign up to the thebarackcenter.com or thefringechurch.com and help support us so we can reach many more. Thank you again for joining us today. <laughs>